thank you. Well, this is the part of the service that we're going to open up the Bible together and just bring a, a few short uh, encouragements and and thoughts. And we've been doing a series called There's Something in the Small, and we're bringing it to a close this morning. But what I want to start off with is uh, we were on holiday a couple of years ago, and we're going down to York, beautiful place uh, to holiday with our, with our boys. And as we were driving down, I got really excited crossing the border. I don't know about you guys, but I get really excited when I'm crossing the border. And I'm like, Mary, we have to stop. We have to stop at the border. Because I love that thing where you're kind of one foot in, one foot out, or you, like, one step changes everything. Changes everything. So this one step, I'm in a completely different country. Like every time my mind is baffled by that. It doesn't take a lot, does it really? But I kind of jump between the countries and have a bit of a photo opportunity. Uh, but one step makes a difference. One small step, and I'm in a completely different land. I want to ask you, does anybody know what happened on July the 20th, 1969? Oh, yes, go on. The first man on the moon, yes. We'll get your prize later on. Uh, first man on the moon, Neil Armstrong. And that famous quote that he shares, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I want you to turn around to the person next to you and say, small steps make a big difference. Small steps make a diff big difference. It's good. And that's me done. See, I'm joking. As we bring this series to a close, I, I believe that God wants to bring some change this morning through some small steps from small steps. So let's see these Bible moments when we open up God's Word and we gather as a beginning of a conversation, as a beginning of a conversation between you and God. And I'd encourage us just to engage at any point uh, through what I say, or maybe you've already been engaging through the worship and through our gathering this morning. When God gets your attention, when he gives you a little tap on the shoulder, uh, perhaps this morning you're feeling a bit frazzled. Perhaps you're feeling really elated and, and in a great place. Or maybe you're somewhere in between. Can I encourage us, if that little God tap happens, to start a conversation with God this morning and to be real with him. We're going to be looking at 1 Samuel 30 this morning, a couple of verses. And it's the story of Saul and David. And David is estranged from Saul. And uh, he is leading the nation of Israel, and he's living with the Philistines, who are planning to fight Israel. They're planning to fight Israel, and he's about to fight Israel with the Philistines. But one of the guys in the army realizes, hey, David used to be with Israel. He might be a threat. Let's, let's, get, let's get rid of him. Let's send him away. And they are returned, David is returned to Ziklag with his men. And as they return, we read of this, their city, their family, everything's in ruins. Everything's in ruins. And another faction uh, called the Amalekites, they've taken advantage of this moment. They've swept in and they have taken men, they've taken women and children and David's household. So we're going to pick up um, 1 Samuel 30 and it's just a couple of verses that I want to read. 1 Samuel 30, oh, there goes my pen, 1, 2, 5. Let me pray before we open up God's word. 
Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is a living, breathing word. And we just open ourselves up to it, Lord. However we're feeling, whatever our situation is, we invite you in. Would you speak? I just pray for specifics. I pray for God encounters this morning. I pray for prayers to be answered this morning. I pray for faith to be built up this morning. I pray for lies to be uh, thrown out this morning. I pray for chains to be broken. I thank you for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we just declare that this morning. We declare freedom in this place. Amen. Amen. So here we go. 1 Samuel 30. David and his men reached Ziklag, and it'll be on the screen as well. There we go. Uh, on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abithat the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Bring me the ephod. Abathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Amen. Amen. So the family and the people that David loves have, uh, have been taken. Have been taken. There's been a, I mean, I've taken a hit. I've taken a hit. And in a lot of ways... It's a bit like us. In some way, somewhere, we have taken a hit, or many hits, these last 18 months. And uh, we've been marked by it. Each one of us, whether for good or for bad, each one of us have been marked by it. Uh, we've been stepping back into spaces and places and uh, parts of our lives around us that aren't quite the same. For some of us, we've really struggled with isolation, with health, you know, whether it be physical or mental health, with disconnection, with our workplace and all the changes that have happened to do with our work. And I'm sure we could reel off a, a lot more examples. And a lot, for a lot of us, these last few months, this last season has been far more difficult stepping out than it has been when we initially stepped in to lockdown, into the, the pandemic and everything that had happened. And uh, stepping back, uh, stepping back is bringing a, a whole load of things that we're carrying, whether that be the baggage spiritually or emotionally, we're dragging it about perhaps as we come into these places again. And I believe Jesus is inviting us in this moment to just lay it down and to take a bit of a deep breath with him. I want to ask us all this morning, how do we respond 
when things don't go our way? How do we respond when things don't go our way? Uh, if you have children, which I do, I have two little boys, they're not here with us this morning, but if you have children, you will see this in play, big style. Let me give you kind of, I mean, all the time, you will see this in play. It starts with crying, very loud crying, non-stop crying, then a bit more crying, then they take a breath and there's a bit more crying. Then some mind games start, you know, no matter how young they are, you know, it's start. Well, I'm not going to talk. Silence. I'm going to play the silent treatment until I get my way. Then, if you have more than one child, they uh, or they play off. They say, "Well, I love mummy more than you," or "I love daddy more than you." Now, you have these little phrases. Then it's shouting. Then the shouting becomes a little bit louder. Then, then after it settles down, they maybe come out of the room. Can I do something to help at all? <laughs> Can I do anything to help you? Anything I can do around the house? Then it's giving in for two hours. And then it's coming back to the very same thing again. I'm going to cry. I'm going <laughs> to. It's like a cycle. And then I realize a lot of what our children do is learn behavior. <laughs> uh oh. Oh dear. Oh dear. What's our best response in our worst moments? I believe it requires us to take a small step towards three commitments this morning. To respond with empathy, to respond from encounter, and to respond from inquiry. I got my three E's this morning. I'm feeling happy, and you'll remember that for the week ahead. And David here teaches us a lot with these few verses. So firstly, respond with empathy. We read in verse 3 of chapter 30. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So verse 4, so David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. What a picture, to weep aloud, to have space to weep until the very, our very insides are empty and all strength is gone. They are incredibly, incredibly powerful words that we read in that verse. And you know, our best response in our worst moments will require us. There's, a, there's an invitation to engage with empathy, to find a way to let it out. And for each of us here this morning, that will look different. It will take different forms. I remember, I was trying to remember a movie that I seen. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was a scene in it with two friends. And these two friends went under a bridge. And one of the friends was, was hurting really bad, was frustrated and angry over something. So the other friend says to him under the bridge, just let it out. Just let it out. This is a safe space under this bridge. No one else in sight. And this, this friend just screams and cries. And uh, it was incredibly moving to watch. And I believe that that kind of response of letting it out is so important. And we see that here with David to picture it what has happened, what he's stepped into, what he's stepped back into, what he's seeing. I want to say to us, this is a safe space to let it out. This is a safe space to let it out. I once heard a, a quote uh, which said, if we don't hear crying, then the church is dying. We respond to the heart prompts. 
And uh, as I was writing this, because I put two wee stars in my notes, as I was writing it and preparing it this week, I feel that the Lord really wants to do something with this, to lose the pretense and to come honestly, honestly to him in this safe space, that he wants to break down some walls that we have built that are holding us together. Spirit of God, I just pray that you would do that, that you'd break down any walls that we've built, to, that we're trying to keep things together, what you want to break in. We see with David, destruction eh, comes back into a space where destruction is there, where things have been stolen, broken and burned. David and his men respond from the heart and he lets it all out till there was no more. And I think there's something in that. I was, uh, we're part of, how many churches is there? There's 12 churches in Scotland, 12 vineyard churches. And about four or five weeks ago, we got to gather as pastors for the first time since, well, it would have been February 2020. And we all gathered together around a table and we're sharing about the last 18 months, just how things were, how we've journeyed. And uh, as I was chatting, something just caught me off guard. And it wasn't really anything significant, but I just began to weep. I just began to cry. And it was like a proper cry. It was like a snotty cry. It was like guttural. It was really deep. And you know what? It was good at the end. I was like, oh, Lord, I needed that. I needed that. It's like everything had been built up. That wall had been built up, and it caught me off guard. And I think that's where, what God wants the space to be about as well when he speaks, when we come in our worst moments and our best moments to be in a posture of off-guardedness, if that's even a word, I don't know, to say, here I am, Lord. David, I think, lived in that place of rawness and realness with the Lord, a response from the heart, and the Lord can take it. A small step, uh, I wonder what that small step that he's perhaps inviting you into this morning to engage with that. So we have respond with empathy. Then secondly, we have respond from encounter. If we read 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, we read, uh, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. He found strength in the Lord his God. Now I've had my fair share of rotten days. You ever had days where it's just like bleh? It's just a bleh, that's how I describe it, just a bleh day. You don't know why, but it just feels like, oh, you can't quite put your finger on it. We've all had bad days, but I've never, ever had friends wanting to stone me. <laughs> I, I hope that for you too. If that is the case, we'll get some extra prayers of protection sorted at the end of the service. But sometimes life catches us off guard, doesn't it? Sometimes attack comes from the most surprising and surreal spaces. You can't quite believe it. You don't know what, how to react. You have to almost second take and go, is this real? And I love the step that David takes that we read off in the passage. After we read off these men wanting to stone him, but David found strength in the Lord. But David found strength in the Lord. Other translations say David strengthened himself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
Again, picture it, the very people that alongside him wanted to stone him. And his best response in his worst moment of attack was a step to find strength in God. And we see plenty of examples throughout God's word that we don't have a massive amount of time to go through. We see with Nehemiah being a great example when he sees the wall of Jerusalem in ruins and he knows that he is called to rebuild it. And then we have Sam Ballot and Tobiah coming and trying to put him off and speak over, speak lies and distraction and attack. And what's the thing that he responds with? He responds in prayer. He responds in prayer. We see it with Jesus in the wilderness being tempted. He responds in prayer. So we have empathy and encounter. And this isn't a kind of positivity talk or a half glass full, let's rouse everyone into the week kind of moment. I want to ask us, how do we find strength in God? How do we actually find strength? For the best response in the worst moments. David himself wasn't a natural at this. He needed help. He needed help. And Jonathan was important for him. His friend Jonathan. Some of us need a Jonathan right now. And some of us here this morning are to be a Jonathan to others right now. We read in 1 Samuel 23, 16, Jonathan helped him find strength in the Lord, in God. Can I encourage us to join a life group if you call Inverness Vineyard your place? A group of people who will go through the highs and lows with you. Can I encourage you, if you're not part of a group, to join one. We're keeping them open for a wee while longer this term and uh, until the end, middle of December. And there'll be a notice at the end of the service and it's also on our website. And some things that help us find strength in God that we see in David's journey is found uh, are found a lot in the Psalms, in the book of Psalms, where he talks to his soul. David doesn't let his emotions set the agenda. Sometimes our emotions and our minds are in turmoil. Actually, a lot of times, our emotions and minds are in turmoil. But for David, part of him that is alive to God, and this is important, is speaking over the part that is in turmoil. Part of him that is alive to God in his journey and his life is speaking over the part that is in turmoil. And this is really, really powerful. It's really powerful. Let me just read Psalm 43, verse 5. Psalm 43, verse 5 says this. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Or why, my soul, are you cast down? Another translation puts it. Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. If we could pop up the picture that I've got here uh, after this slide, Elias, thank you. Ever seen that on the, when you're driving past the field? That is a cast sheep. Now, Mary tells me if it's left like that, it'll, it'll die. It can't get background itself. It's a cast sheep. And this is significant. It's a significant picture of, of where we find ourselves, cast down. That's where it comes from, from this moment with sheep. Emotions on their back, flailing, churned up. And left like that, there's, there's not much hope. 
And then we read in Psalm 116, verse 7 to 8. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You might remember the beginning of that psalm if you use the Lectio 365 app uh, at night time. Each night they have a devotional, and it's the most amazing voice that says that. It's like, return to your rest. And I'm like falling asleep already. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For a sheep to rest, it needs the shepherd. Everything to be right. No predators, no pangs of hunger. To rest in the presence of the shepherd. And so do we need that. To rest in the presence of our shepherd. What a reassurance that a place in his presence is away from the predators. And it's never about noise when we come into his presence. When we leave here, we will be inundated with noise. Emails, people, problems, things needing done, expectations. The world is a noisy place. And our Father brings us an invitation to be present with him. We see with David, he honors God with worship. He's honest. He's in dialogue with God. Strength is not something we get from God. It's a fruit of the life in God. Strength is not something we get from God. It's a fruit of the life in God. And you know, practically that might look like lots of different things. And maybe you're wanting to know just one thing, what that looks like. What does it look like? Maybe it's uh, post-its of truth throughout your house. Maybe it's reminders on your phone with Bible verses. Maybe it's calendar invites from God for moments with him. Plan presence time with him. Plan times with the shepherd. Practice peace in the noise throughout your week. I wonder where that is for each one of us this morning as we step out into a new week. So we have empathy encounter. And then finally, we have inquiry. If we read verse 7 and verse 8 of the passage. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of that guy. I can't say it. Ahimelech. There we go. Bring me the ephod. Abathar brought him, brought it to him. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Sometimes our best response in our worst moments is to pray. Is to just pray. Not just pray. Is to pray. To lead ourselves by listening to God. David takes the ephod, which is a garment worn by the high priest. And by asking for this item, he was in fact using the means at that time that God had authorized for inquiring of him. For determining his will and situations. And David owns it. He steps up and he inquires of God. And he hear from God. Pursue them. Pursue them. I want to encourage us. Let's bring our questions to God. Let's bring our questions to God. When was the last time we've done that? When things haven't quite gone to plan. You know, out of that inquiry for David came restoration. Came restoration for David, for his family, for his people. What stories of restoration in our worst moments 
are but an inquiry away. What shall I do, Lord? What shall I do? One of my, just as I come to close, one of my favourite TV shows at the minute is The Repair Shop. If we can get a picture up, that'd be brilliant. Has anybody watched The Repair Shop? If you don't watch The Repair Shop, you should watch The Repair Shop. And uh, we see items being brought into this garage. Uh, or garage, it's a bit bigger than a garage. It's like a big warehousey place. And these are items that mean so much to people. They have stories of the good times often associated with them. And these items are often broken and battered, not working properly. And you know as these people come in, their expectations are low in a sense. You know, they're, they're happy with the way it is. So this is precious to me, but it's not quite working how it's meant to. And then we see these items after a period of time being worked on by all these experts throughout the room. And they're picking up different parts of these items. And advice is being given. And then it's completed. And this item is under a sheet. And the person comes back in. And then the big reveal happens. And then I cry. And then they cry. And then I cry more. And then I say to Mary, switch the channel. I can't take it. That's empathy in action. And why am I crying? I'm crying because something of that story is being restored to its full purpose. I'm crying because it's back to how it was. And it means so much to that person. I believe God's, something of God's spirits in this program when I watch it. I meet with God really tangibly when I watch this program. Because this item is in full working order and its purpose is breathed on with life by these people. A clock is ticking again. A riding horse can bring joy again to generation after generation. A radio can be listened to again. A record can be played again. And you know, as I thought about this program, this space here is the repair shop. It's the repair shop. It's God's repair shop. We are the items, and God's Spirit wants to restore each and every one of us. I, wa I, I want to encourage us this morning, let's inquire of the Lord, as David does in this passage. What do you want to do, Lord? What do you want to do? Here I am. My heart is open. I'm open to you. As we come here, perhaps some of us are thinking, I'll never get that part of my life back working again. Or we may be thinking, I'm always rusty with that part. That part's just going to stay as it is. Or maybe we think, oh, that part there, I'm too broken. I'm just going to carry that brokenness. And God's saying, hand yourself over to me, the master craftsman. Ask me, inquire of me, remember who I am. This is more than a cinema. I am here. This is my repair shop. And I long for all things to be made new. So I want to encourage us, let's not settle with the rust in our lives anymore. Let's not gather dust. We are made to be a working vessel of God's love and hope for the city of Inverness. That's what each and every one of us, our calling is. As Cherry shared about our stepping into the pharmaceutical world. As we have teachers here. As we have healthcare professionals here. As we have business people here. The Lord needs us working. The Lord needs us how we intended. The word of the Lord came to David in that moment. Fight for your family. Fight for what I've entrusted you. So from a place of inquiry, a place of prayer, how are our prayer lives?
What is God doing in our midst? What are we inquiring of? What are we asking of him? What, are we, what have we accepted that we're to bring actually to him afresh? Where are we hurting that he wants to bring healing? Where are we longing for the next steps but we've never asked him? Respond with empathy. Respond from encounter. Respond from inquiry. Our best response in our worst moments require some steps. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And for us, there's a small step for man and there's one giant leap for God's kingdom. I really believe that. It's small decisions to shape and orientate our lives heavenwards in this space. It's small acts of sacrifice in the everyday that benefit others and cost us. It's small chats with God that share our hearts and bear our souls. It's small steps towards engaging with empathy to situations and allowing God to work in us before he wants to do something through us. You know, you might be doing great this morning and life is going well. And this is a talk when maybe a valley moment approaches. Or maybe right now, this is the very balm that Jesus wants to gift you in this space for your soul. And my prayer is that we would be a people, each, each and every time we come into this cinema, number seven screen and view Inverness, and we would view it as a place to respond to God's nudges and to say yes and to say, I'm in the repair shop. Here I am, Lord. Why don't we stand?